Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, Elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. What's up, boo-boo? Not nothing. What's up with you? Man, I'm enjoying New Zealand. Oh, I love it. Wellington. Love it. I just had, what's that drink called? The Fizzy Pop. M&P? The Fizzy, the, what's M&P. It? No, J&P. J- L&P. 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 L&P? J-P? It's, know. You know what? It's it's like it's a little bit syrupy. Yeah, which, I don't like it. I, I, I don't well, like no, it. No, no, but I don't like too syrupy. It's no, not it's too way syrupy, too syrupy. But it's not too like carbonated. It's not too it's good. It's got a little bit of it's carbonation. No. I think it's nice. Nobody should drink what's, that. What's what's it? What is the P? What does the P mean? What is that? It's a cow. It's a town. I think it's a cow. It's a town. It's a town. Yeah. yeah. Does anybody like that drink? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, I think yeah, it tastes sorry. good. It's. A, I think it's lemony. Ryan doesn't like it. Okay, thank you, Ryan. That's all. I just needed some sanity in there. That stuff's nasty, guys. You've been spending too much time in Indiana, uh, American. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, man. Uh, this has been an awesome conference so far. So far, um, yeah. I mean, we just got. Done. We're doing most of the preaching. So yeah, obviously. that's why it's probably you know, getting, obviously. But uh, we just got done listening to Jim the Man Renahan. Oh my and, gosh, uh, man, is, that was good. Is the audio going to be available on this? Yeah. Is it going to take like oh. a year like last time, or are you guys going to get it up? Maybe two okay. years, two right. and a half years, something that, like that? That worked out great last time. Either way, but Jim the Man Renahan talking about uh, Luther's Catherine. Lord yeah. Kate. Yeah. Man, it was so, beautiful. Now, Loved it. Are you, are, you, are you ready for this? Am I ready? For, are, you, are you feeling good? I'm feeling great. Are you sure? Oh, here you we were go. a little emotional earlier. Here when you were preaching. we go. You know, again. I'm just saying you got a little. You <laughs> okay, got a you little know what? Emotional. Okay. So I think we all and realize. I know, that it's fine. Of, it's not a bad us, thing. One of us has a heart. Oh, yeah. And the other is a cold-blooded dwarf. No, listen. That's you, what we realize. Yes, thank right. you. Jimmy will cry. <laughs> Jimmy will cry at staff meetings. Oh, Jimmy will come cry. On. You cried. I at cry staff when I. Uh, oh when, my okay, goodness. I'm not getting into this. I cry about the goodness of God and how He's been to. You know what? Has anybody got a tissue? Because Jimmy's going to need it. Today we're going to be talking about what God does through uh, through faithful men. And when people are hurting, I cry when people are hurting. Oh my hurting. gosh, Jimmy cries all the time. And if then Joe, I, if, oh, Joe if is I just horrible. summarize a movie that I'm watching to Jimmy, and I'm like, "All right, it's about this little kid." No, stop. Um, who, Done. See? Done. That's all that happens. Done. All right, no more of this. All right, so um, listen. Uh, on this episode, we're going to do something different. Uh, we actually want to talk to somebody, uh, Pastor Nick, but. We wanted to tell a story for our listeners that, you know, I've heard, Jimmy's heard this. It's not just fascinating. Uh, it's, it's inspiring. It's a testimony to God. Um, it, you know, in some ways, it is an appropriate testimony to Nick and to his faithfulness. Um, but this really should be encouraging for everyone. Mm-hmm. So let me just um, say welcome, Nick. Thank you. Oh, don't forget yeah, to talk yeah, on that talk, mic. You got to get close to this mic right yeah, here, sir. And I just want to thank Jimmy for letting me on his podcast. Yeah, oh. that's right. Nick and I are Yeah. You're paying these guys thank to say you, that Nick. stuff. Thank All you, right. Nick. All right. <laughs> Pastor Nick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. You can stop with the mercy applause for him. It's getting to his head. <laughs> no, okay? no. All that applause. Is... Pastor Nick's here with us. He's a uh, dear friend of mine. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, gone a long way. Actually, I'm pretty sure I inspired you for what we're about to hear. That's right. No, that's actually not true when we hear that. You didn't have to say that everybody knows that's no i know it was not true but okay. once you hear it, i yeah. felt so bad because it's such a okay. good story about well so how good um, god is pastor nick cleveley um you're actually younger than me i thought you were older than me so that's weird yeah. um, everyone's young everyone's no, younger than not you stop it dude you're 73 jim renahan <laughs> jim renahan yeah he's yeah. not he's not young he's not older he's than younger, he's not younger than, than you than, no he's not all right still um, got his hair nick uh, has been uh, he your, yeah he does <laughs> I just saw your family photos, man. Everybody had hair but you. Yeah, look at that. You, you lost man. your hair. All right, um, married for eighteen years. I thought you were older than me. This yeah. is so weird. All right, because you're more mature than me. I think that's, that's what right. it is. Uh, you were born in Scotland. Yep. 
but grew up in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've ministered on the island of St. Helena. Yep. Uh, but you've been a pastor of Covenant Grace for eight years, and that's right here, right? It's like, um, how far away? Yep, from South Island yeah. in Timaru. So, so it's two hours two south hours. of right. Christchurch, yeah. Now, um, <laughs> I, I only know you as the Reformed Baptist pastor, okay? Um, <laughs> so I love to hear, and I've heard this a lot, actually, in this crowd over the years. Uh, you guys weren't always Christians, no. and so because uh, nobody is, <clears throat> and you were uh, you were pretty deep into drugs and death metal. Uh, did you give up on death metal? You didn't give up on death. Yeah, metal. Really? I'm a, I'm a Christian now, That's so uh, all right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no more death metal. Right. Hey so, Joe, have you given up your death metal? No, man, I turned it up to eleven. <laughs> oh, I, uh, oh, oh, one of those Christians. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> the fun Christians. Yeah, yeah, one of those. Yeah, but you left death metal and went charismatic. That's what happens. Yeah, you went the... super charismatic. And then to one end of the Christian spectrum, and then you went Reformed Baptist. That's right. All right, so we don't care about any of that. We're not talking about that. We want to talk about something, <laughs> uh, a story that you told. It's been on the news. Uh, there's been like little documentary thing that, I, I, that I've seen on this. We want you to tell the story about the cult, the famous cult here in New Zealand, the island, um, and how God used you to bring down the cult. I mean, this is it's kind of a crazy, this is a crazy story. So okay. tell the story. You know, we got about 30 minutes, if you would, and we're going to interrupt you and talk over you because right, that's we'll what we do. do. But, um, but tell this story. And what we want to do is we, we want the, you to put this in the context of God calling <clears throat> his people to, um, to both words of grace and works of grace. Mm, no right? good. He doesn't just call us to, to talk or to preach. He also calls us to do, to love in action. So Correct. why don't you give us a little bit of background about this, this cult, uh, where it's at, and what it's all about. Cool. So just to put the story straight, the cult has not been pulled down. And uh, You've I didn't do very much. Oh, I don't know. So. <laughs> you were instrumental in liberating yeah. a number of people yeah. from this cult. That's a fair thing to say. Yeah. So uh, let me tell you the story. It Please. started uh, about four years ago. Uh, I got a little text message from someone who said there's a 15-year-old who's just left a cult. He's got no family. He's moved into the area of Timaru. Can you just reach out to him and pull him in? So, um, okay, cool. I uh, gave him a phone call. His name was Barnabas. And uh, didn't even get hold of him, just left a message on his phone, said, hey, Barnabas, I'm a pastor of a Baptist church. would love to meet you. Why don't you come in? And uh, he turned up for the first time with a family that had just left Gloria Vale. Gloria it's Vale is the name. Gloria oh, the name Vale, of the and uh, that's named after the first wife of the founder. So Barnabas is the grandchild of the founder. The founder is from uh, that criminal place called Australia. Oh, yeah. Um, that's like a prison colony Aww. or something. Yeah, it's a prison right? colony, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's right. That's no problem. Uh, so his original Ooh. name was Neville Cooper, and uh, it was around the 60s and 70s that he was moving around Australia and New Zealand. Um, so he's, he had, the original founder has a Church of Christ background, so that's baptismal regeneration. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd done a little bit of Bible college, but like Charles Finney, he thought he knew better than everyone else. Um, hmm. And uh, he ended up in Springbank Christchurch, where they started a commune and back in the day when that was what everyone was doing. And it was a self-sufficient commune, and it started off pretty good. Um, the stories that I've heard, it was fairly genuine. Uh, fairly uh, innocuous, broad-spectrum-type gospel. Um, But then things started to get weird, and um, they started becoming like an ingrown toenail. And uh, they sort of hit... Yeah, that's close. So they they adopted Anabaptist um, Hutterite principles, and they all began to dress the same. Um, 
they all so uh, if you read their document uh, what what we, what we believe is that what it's called Ren? yeah what we believe Very um, yeah uh, in the chapter how to be saved basically it comments you know once you've obeyed these six commandments you are then converted um, so it's very much a, it's, it's, wow. it's not even Arminian, it would be, you know, Pelagian mm. to semi-Pelagian mm. and um, very much a Finney sort of style conversion. It's all in the brain. <clears throat> and uh, one of the things you've got to do if you want to join this cult is you have to uh, give up possession of all your goods, uh, either give it to the organization or give it to the poor. And uh, you, uh, like the monks and the nuns we were talking about earlier, um, that take a vow of poverty, you, you give up all possessions and you own them in community. Um, and that's one of the uh, distinctives that you have to take on uh, in order to be a Christian. Now, at what time is this happening? Where it's so that's, that's the 60s, 70s. So they, they started just uh, outside of Christchurch and then they got a piece of land on the west coast, the other side of the mountains on the South Island. And that's where Gloria Vale uh, actually began, uh, as we know it today. Yeah, so um, basically what happened was uh, we, we started following up with these families. And, um, so you had a family come to your church yeah. that had gotten out. So they're, 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 right. some people are able to get out of this thing. Yeah, it was very difficult. So just to maybe give you a sketch of the, of the situation, there was a young man who um, is an independent thinker who asked a lot of questions, who was studying. He was a real rebel. He was studying the Bible with other young men. In this cult. In the cult. And uh, so, you know, he was really rebellious that way. We like those rebels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyway, what they did is they kicked him out, but they kept his wife and kids. Oh, wow. And um, basically, it was a very traumatic event where he had to try and break in, and they'd moved her away to another place, hidden his wife and kids from him so that he couldn't find them. Uh, long story short, um, the whole family came down to Timaru. And uh, so we began to walk the Romans road with them. And that's where the, the sort of the words of grace began. And they were very suspicious. They've been taught that they're, they're one of very few real churches in the world. Um, and so they were very suspicious. They're King James only. And so we just, uh, using the King James Bible, we began to teach them through Romans. And so we, we walked through the Romans road. It's good adaptation there on your part. Right? Do you, we'll use the, or do you always use the King James? Uh, for first timers, we generally do. Okay, yeah. Good. So yeah. You, but you were able to work with them on that. Oh yeah. I mean, the Puritans translated it, so you know, no, no troubles at all. Um, so except if you're talking <coughs> to people who live in the 21st century. But go ahead. Yeah. Well, these these guys don't live in the no, 21st century. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was really, really good. I mean, because the the foundation of the beliefs that they're brought up with is is basically so. Imagine this, you're a teenager, and there's something called the commitment. And in the commitment, what you basically sign up for is you say, in order for me to continue to live in the commune, um, I now promise to obey everything the elders tell me, the Bible says, and I will keep all their rules. And if I ever leave Gloria Vale, I do so to the damning of my soul. Um, and there's a few little legal things that have been added in, and I won't ask for any money when I leave, et cetera, et cetera, because a couple of people did in the past, so they have to cover their bases now. And um, so you're basically, it's, it's, it's like that vow of, of uh, the nuns and the monks. And uh, a lot of the young people are pressured into making that decision because mm -hmm. you, you can't marry. Mm. 
until you you make that vow and um, <clears throat> it's a very sexualized environment where uh, everyone really wants to marry quite soon because you know it's sex they talk about sex all the time and um, so this is the environment uh, they grow up in uh, they're told how to dress they're told what job they're going to do they're told uh, basically who they're going to marry um, they don't think for themselves. It's not the Lord who's the Lord of the conscience. It's the elders mm -hmm. who act as the Pope, who basically rule their lives. How many elders and how many people are in the commune? All so you know, at, at its height. So say. the shepherds and servants would be twenty altogether. Seven, seven, Renny. I'm looking to Renny out there with my elder. Yeah, it's about seven, seven shepherds. Twelve and twelve. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what actually happened was, <clears throat> so there's 550 people uh, oh, in the goodness. commune at the moment. And uh, that little trickle that began with Barnabas, um, so it's led to about 70-ish, 75 people passing through the doors of our church that we've ministered to in one way or another. Uh, not all of them have stayed. Some moved off to different parts of the country. Um, but how do you even, like, these people are they're pretty walled off. I mean, yep. do they do they have phones? Can they just they, they, yeah? Can they, call, <laughs> can they call out of the commune and like yeah. you know? How so do you, how do you get to these people? So just imagine the scene. It's breakfast time. You're all sitting around a table, and uh, the elders will stand up and read to you select newspaper clippings, and that is your window into the world. Wow! And they will interpret those new newspaper clippings to you. Um, so unless you're working in an office, you don't have access to uh, a computer. And unless you're a farm manager or someone in a position that needs a phone, you don't have access to a phone. Um, and unless you're someone who actually needs to drive a car, you don't have a driver's license. Um, so there's no real experience of life as we know it now. There's a lot of control. A lot Huge of control and of trying control. to... Uh, manipulate and say, you know, who restricting access to certain things. Yeah. And how do they physically lock the lock it down? I mean, it's um, there aren't literally bars around everywhere, but uh, <laughs> uh, manipulation and fear would be the main tactics. You can you can sneak out, although it so could be could, pretty tough. You, your conscience is not going to let you do yeah. that. You're so, for for example, with the young fifteen year old guy, they um, he wanted to leave, so they said, okay, you can go. Uh, they drove him. A token distance away from Gloravale and dumped him on the street, wow. and he basically had to find his own way to wherever he was going. Um, so that's 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 the way they've treated people in the past. They have since tried to adjust as as they've gone forward, um, but it certainly wasn't pretty to begin with. Now, but before you got involved, like let's say you're just starting to learn about <clears throat> this, do people know about the cult? Is it like is do people know what it's really going on there? Like um, I think. If, a few people did know something about it. It had featured in the news. Um, the main reason was because the founder had been charged with sexual assault charges once upon a time. He had been interfering with uh, ladies and children in the, in the community, and he had been convicted of those crimes. Um, so it was well known for that reason. Yeah. Okay. So this family comes in, and um, you know, I, I feel like pastors are busy. You're a pastor. You know, you're laboring in the word, you're making disciples, and uh, now there's this family that you're ministering to mm. that just got out of this cult. You're really pouring into them. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but you're loving them like you would. The idea to go beyond that and to really focus to, to some degree on these people that are oppressed in that cult. I mean, that's how do you get to that decision and what, how do you begin down that path? It was very eye-opening for us as we began to have conversations as we were working through the Book of Romans 
as to the nature of the community. Uh, one of the things we actually did quite early on is um, this particular young man uh, who was part of the family, not Barnabas, uh, this little family guy, um, he had been disciplined. And uh, I got a nasty phone call from one of the elders who said, you know, why are you taking in the disciplined people from other churches? So I thought, okay, great. Um, so every two years, this community puts on a free concert to get people into their facility mm. to see what life is like, and then they preach the gospel of the community to them. It must be a nice show if, uh, it's, are show, if it's, coming to see it. It's an outstanding show. Yeah. So they study under Weta Workshops oh. that does uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So it's top class, and it's free. I, I highly recommend you go. It's, uh, it's well <laughs> worth it. They feed you. It's like a four-course meal. It's <laughs> superb. Just don't stay uh, after that. So, so what we... What we <laughs> So what we did is we asked if we could meet with the shepherds to discuss the matter of discipline. Because they already knew, they, you were on their radar. So yep. it's just natural for you to say. Hey, so so they'd heard that we'd taken them in. And I think by that time, another family who knew that family had been in contact. I can't even remember if the courages were out at that point. Yeah, they were. Um, so there was a little bit of momentum had gathered that um, uh, the friends of those who had left were beginning to be affected. Um, so we asked to meet with the elders to discuss, you know, okay, so why don't you explain to us this case of church discipline so we can consider whether you have acted in accordance with the scripture and we can move forward that way. And they basically turned around and said, you know, we don't have to explain ourselves to you. Um, and they just shut the whole uh, dialogue down. <clears throat> so um, what, we've, what we, we grew to understand that it was a very uh, oppressive environment and uh, we grew a real heart for the people as mm. we... Uh, engaged with them, what we found, um, and it was, I think it was partially a selfish reason, you know, we were preaching the gospel to them, the tears were flowing down their cheeks, and we just felt that this was such an amazing, we were, we were rediscovering the gospel mm. as they were discovering it for the first time. Mm. Awesome. I mean, it was almost as if we were preaching to uh, Roman, medieval Catholics mm -hmm. uh, because of the, the type of teaching they'd received. And, uh, you know, we were just on fire to, to get this message of grace across. We felt that they were the most well-prepared people to hear about grace. They've had the burden of the law yeah. on yes, their like backs. Yes, to yeah. the nth degree. So, uh, you know, we just got a real sense that it was a, a fruitful uh, place. But you've already been rejected by the elders. So, yeah. like, you're done, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So uh, I have never gone back to Gloraval, and that's it's sort of a deliberate thing on my part. But uh, many of those who have left and some other young people who shall not be named um, – <laughs> have infiltrated Gloria Vale. So they've either done it uh, by phoning um, or by going in at night, uh, meeting up with people in their workplaces or even sneaking into their rooms to have conversations with them. So when you say, hold on, you said by phoning. Yeah, so there is a sort of a phone, a central phone, and they would actually go and call the person who you want to talk to. And uh, so you can have a few words with mm. someone if they allow you to at that point. Um, though I believe they record those conversations. Yeah. So you've got some people now <clears throat> that you've been working with that are sneaking back in, and what? Are, so they're just having conversations with people. Yeah. So basically, um, very early on, I remember loading them up with tracts and books and saying, "Here you go. Give these to the guys." And um, it, it moved from tracts and books to uh, cell phones with MP3s on it, <laughs> to tablets with Ligonier and uh, other material on it. Yes, and then we had a, a real boost from uh, Chapel Library. 
where they, uh, they give free literature. And they put out a hardback called The Gospel of Grace, which is really focused on justification and the gospel. So we asked them, and they gave us 200 copies. Wow. So uh, there were some efforts to get those Wait, in You're there. giving them phones. Do those phones work to like, make phone calls? Yep. Oh, yeah. wow. So <laughs> there are a few key individuals who we have been in contact with. I won't give their names away. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's like communism in there. You know, you got to but, keep yeah, their identity giving, yeah, secret. You're giving phones that work, but then they also have material on it for them to listen to yeah, and stuff. to yeah. share uh, if, if possible. Now, what yeah. kind of impact does that start to have in, in this 550 person commune? Uh, it's, it's had a mixed impact. Um, once people started to get uh, wind of the fact that there was a church that was willing to help them, and let me just stress this, I've probably done the least amount. All I've done is rocked up with the book of Romans and done what comes easiest to me. Um, there are heaps of people in the congregation who have given of their time, of their possessions. They are emotionally invested in the people. I mean, it's, it really has been a collective effort. That's great. Um, I've had the easiest job. Praise God. I just get to have fun preaching the gospel and get the best reward out of the whole deal. But um, yeah, so what, what, what was it talking about for so us? So what was the there? impact? You yeah. said it was mixed reviews. Like oh, yes. So uh, some of the young people thought, great. You know, we don't like the rules here. We want to have a bit of fun. So, you know, I'm just going to leave my family behind. I'm 16 years old, and I'm just going to go and jump on this church in Timaru, and they're going to catch me. And uh, we actually started sending some people back. Too many people were just coming? No, through. just not too many, but uh, just some, some people leaving for the wrong reasons. Got it. We don't want to, we don't want to break up families. We don't, we don't want to enable people just to come out and sin. We actually wanted to see people move forward in their walk with the Lord. And right. so if someone was re- leaving in order to, to find God, then... Great, that's our work as a church. We want to we want to help with that. So then, what do you mean though, leaving to 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 sin? Like, I mean, you see those shows like Breaking Amish, you know, where like they leave and they go and they just like party that. it up. Like, is that what you're kind of yeah, talking like, about? Like that. See, I watch shows. <laughs> breaking <laughs> Breaking nobody, Amish. Nobody watches Breaking Amish. It worked. Is it this? still on? No, because but you know what? It worked it. in this situation. Okay, my the analogy worked out. Worked. Yeah, nobody Can, knows what you're talking about. Go ahead. <laughs> he raised his hand. Thank you, brother. Thank I too. Oh, 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 thank you, everyone. Yeah, someone's leaving now. All right, no, no, no. The the show's good. Don't leave. (laughs) We don't need a photographer if you're talking. I think that's what we're figuring out here. He's taking a good photo right there. Okay. So there's there's different people are responding. Words getting out. Are the elders or the the satanic overlords, whatever they are, are they trying to shut this down? Are they trying to say like, no, we got to give us the phones? Or what are they doing? So uh, they'll be losing their mind. I've had some very heated conversations with a particular elder. Um, and you just own it. You're like, yeah, I'm doing it. What's up? You know what you tell them? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So we just uh, any opportunity to sort of take on the issues and try and move the conversation forward. Um, sometimes I lose my temper and just start shouting at the guy and hang up. Um, but you know, we've had several uh, conversations. Um, we've even had an official letter that they've sent to the Legal? Baptist Church of Timaru, which is not us, so it doesn't, you know, even though... <laughs> so <laughs> so <laughs> someone else's mail doesn't apply, you know? So. <laughs> but this was like a legal letter, like a cease and desist? Uh, well, they, they sort of try to make it sound right. legal, okay. uh, so maybe they would have some But writing some it in crayon didn't really help. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the commune lawyers aren't real lawyers, so I get it, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Now, so, so they weren't happy. Um, so, but are they, have they... I mean, goodness, this was how many years ago that you started this? Yes, four-ish now, okay. going on four years. So four years. You guys are doing this. At some point, this ministry of words and works of grace into this, 
oppressive cult gets some public attention. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. What, 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 what happened there? I think, I can't remember how the public attention began. Um, That's right. Thanks. So that, yeah, can you say that for those that couldn't hear? Yeah. Yes. Thanks, Bronwyn. Um, <laughs> um, so there was a, a, a Gloria Vell had their own self-made doco. Oh. And it but was, that was it was beautiful. You just it was the place you wanted to live. <laughs> you know, it was such a sweet life. And um, in response to that, some uh, former reporters who had done some other reporting on some of the nastier aspects felt there needed to be a sort of balancing act. Mm. And so they tracked down these people who had left and recorded some of their, their negative experiences. Um, so that was the f- sort of first wave of media attention. And um, the second wave was when a, a, a very large family, which now have 14 children left. Wow. Um, wow. And their photograph got into the newspaper. And that sort of went large. Um, yeah, that, that one got a little bit out of hand. <laughs> How so? A comment was uh, s- someone on the radio volunteered that everyone in New Zealand might want to uh, give clothes. Oh, wow. And, I, you know, toys for children. And so all of a sudden, the stream the of stuff from all over New Zealand started <laughs> wow. piling up uh, in the house of someone in our congregation. Wow. They had a container full of the stuff. And uh, it's amazing, but it's a mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So do, you know, as you guys are, are doing this um, and, you know, you're, it, it sounds like what God has, has led your church to do um, is, is distinctly Christian in that you're not doing social work. You're yeah. not just liberating people from an impressive environment, um, but you're also not just telling them about Jesus and saying, be warm and filled. Mm. Your, your people are going to them yeah. with words and works of of grace and for me like this is this is encouraging because i think it's really easy for pastors and for christians in general to get so focused on what their normal routine is and their normal circle of yeah. influence that anything outside of that is like that ain't, i ain't got time for that like that's that's somebody else's issue that's somebody else's problem what would you say to people who are maybe stuck kind of looking too uh, too close to their own habits and people and maybe aren't open to what god might have them do um, outside of their normal routines, or even beyond just words of grace? What kind of encouragement might you give them based on your experience and your understanding of the Scripture? <clears throat> I suppose it's difficult to illustrate it from this particular experience because these people are 500 kilometers away from us. Wow. It wasn't something we looked for. It was just that weird providential thing that dropped into our laps mm-hmm. by God's crossing of the wires. Um, but, I mean, I, I would just like to give the encouragement that it is more blessed to give than receive. I mean, just as a congregation, we have been thrilled. We have been revived in our own love of the gospel through being able to serve in this fashion. And, and I suppose I could equate it to um, people who are refugees. Maybe this would be a little plug to get involved in refugees and people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's almost as if they're coming from a totally different culture to ours because they haven't had everything we've had. And so we've had to walk them through, you know, how to set up an email account, right. how to get your tax number, how to get a bank account, uh, how to work a cell phone. Um, and so people in the congregation have taken on those responsibilities. And, um, yeah, I've been very encouraged as a pastor just to see the, the, the gifts of the people in the, in the church mm-hmm. 
you know, people who would be wives or, or, or just regular, re- regular guys, all of a sudden, all of these skills, right. you know, come to the foreground. And it all relates to discipleship. It all relates exactly. to making disciples yeah, because we're leading people to follow Jesus in the real world that require mm. these, these real issues. And, 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 and I would just say it takes the whole body to look after someone. Yeah. And, and that's really what we saw. We saw a lot of people getting involved. Uh, in, one, in one sense, we're also glad we're sort of moving past it now. <laughs> I think we've got some people who are, who are, who are recovering from burnout. Um, <laughs> um, and, but what is encouraging is that those who've been served are now doing the serving. And so we're seeing a sort of awesome. uh, some, uh, some of those who have left are now taking responsibilities for some of the newer ones that have come out. Um, and so all the example and all the love that they've received, they're now emulating and right. repeating for others. Right, replicating so, themselves. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's, that's, that's been really good to see. So Glory Vale, what, what's, what's its status right now? I mean, they had 550. Are they still at 550? Are they, are they, like, <coughs> what kind of impact is all of this? So, so one of the doctrinal points at Glory Vale is all birth control is a lack of faith and is sin. So they got lots of babies coming, mm. and uh, the babies are named names like um, effectual. Seriously? Yeah, and uh, other virtues like that. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're reproducing. Uh, mm. <laughs> they're, uh, at but a, at but a as far rate. as like people converting and coming in from these parties that they're throwing every two years, that's still, like after the documentary, after the news, after kind of words getting out, I mean, are people still getting plugged in no um i think the last person who came who stayed was 20 years ago right on so there have been some individuals who've gone for a couple of months or even six months and then have seen hang on this is shocking this is terrible and they've run away screaming um but one of the things that this i think this demonstrates is that in most ministry in most work um there's not going to be a quick fix that takes care of the problem. I and mean, no. really, this, the, the evil that is in a cult like this um, isn't going to be burned up overnight. It's going to have to be, you know, the axe has to be repeatedly laid at the yeah. roots over and yeah. over and over again. It takes time. Uh, to, you can see fruit immediately, but to mm. see the death of something like this seems to take a lot of time. So you've really got to be in it and and get other people to be in it for the long haul right yeah we're sort of waiting the founder i think he's 91 now yeah so it's not going to be long before he's gone okay and he is an incredibly charismatic dominant personality and everyone who he had sort of trained up to take over he's probably going to outlive um so Mm. uh, we're not sure what's going to happen when the the strong leaders that are there now actually uh, die so, so there may be some real openings in the future. How can how can people be praying? So you know we've got like millions of listeners, um, uh, yeah. or I don't know, Jim. You know the numbers. Uh, we got a couple million probably. <laughs> five point six. Okay. Yeah, round up to you so, know five point six five. So um, we uh, we don't have that many, but we do have a lot of people that listen, and our listeners pray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they they definitely are going to want to respond to this. How can we be praying for your church's ministry and for the people that are stuck at Gloryvale? I think um, our greatest prayer is that every person in Gloryvale would know the liberty that comes from the gospel. Um, there are just so many people who, and, and we've met a lot of people, and they're, they're some of the loveliest people you could meet. And some of them have a genuine faith, but they're just living under the bondage of, mm-hmm. if I don't obey the elders, I'm going to go to hell. 
And so um, we just really want to see the gospel and the joy of their salvation come to those people, that they would know the true gospel, the fullness of the gospel, and not this rancid stuff that they're being fed at the moment. Um, and I think, yes, for anyone who leaves, just pray for all of the practical concerns. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are just a numberless amount of details. I mean, the way that I, you know, if you think about a person's worldview, imagine a puzzle of 100 pieces. Imagine for 20 to sometimes 40 years, you've been seeing the world in one way. And through one conversation and one look at the book of Romans, you're going to turn over one piece of 100 pieces. And then you've got to have another conversation and there's another piece. Right. And it actually takes a long time, I think especially for some of the ladies mm. who have not really been encouraged to think very deeply theologically, right. to overturn all those pieces and get a, a new worldview. To hear the word grace, to hear the word justification, to hear the word obedience in ways that the Bible actually explains it. Mm. So, well, Nick, um, we man, we love you. We love your ministry. We love what God is doing through your people. Absolutely, it makes us love your church to mm. to, to hear this, um, and it, and it makes me angry. Uh, oppression and abuse uh, is something Anger. that hits yeah. Jimmy and I pretty personally. Mm-hmm. And so when um, when we hear about people that are really exploited like this and have are essentially being soul tortured mm. um, in their lives. It makes us want to pray with you and yeah. for you, man. Amen. Thanks for thanks for sharing the story with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks um, for asking. We really appreciate it. And um, Jimmy, uh, people are going to want to engage if they want to talk about. Now, is it Gloria Vale or Gloria, Gloria Vale? And they have their own website. Oh, hey, oh, hey, hey, hey. Uh, uh, <laughs> do Yeah, don't, so, get, don't send uh, yeah, them. www.happyrant.com. <laughs> yeah, that's a cult. That's a cult yeah. right there. Uh, so, I, I mean, just uh, oh, a random there. fact: last year. Uh, 2016, the major streaming television thing, TVNZ On Demand, the highest rated downloaded streamed thing for the whole year across New Zealand was on Gloria Vale. Hmm. So, was the documentary on Yeah, the docu- okay. so docu- there were several. So right. it was so the most stuff. watched thing that streamed on TVNZ On Demand last yeah. year. And hopefully, so. you know, even people looking at this, even people outside of this can, can see this sort of a documentary. Maybe it'll cause them to ask questions. If they're Christians, maybe it'll take them, move them to be more serious theologically or evangelistically. Yeah. Um, this is uh, this really good. So if people want to jump in and talk. Now, you're, are, you on, are you on the Twitter? No, I'm a, no, no, I'm a Christian. Or the Twitter. <laughs> All right. Are you on the Facebook? No, Christian. Does your church have a website? They do. Okay, goodness. Well, You're just as bad as Gloria Vale. <laughs> it would be kind of fun. Again, Gloria Vale is more high-tech than you. That's pretty sad. That's pretty sad, dude. <laughs> We're going to start sending, uh, you know, phones into your congregation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you can't tweet, Pastor. Right, but, but what is the church website? If people want to, you know, uh, get in contact with you to be able to pray, figure out other ways that maybe they Send can help toys support. And yeah, yeah. Well, but, I mean, no toys, yeah, but, no yeah, clothes. Yeah, but I'm also thinking like <laughs> yeah. there are, you know, as you said, you know, support that you're giving individuals, and that comes at a cost. Yeah. And I, I'm sure you, I'm, I'm just put uh, money into my personal bank account. The number is. <laughs> All right, never um, mind. Yeah, don't don't, don't give your website. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the church website is covenantgracebaptist.church. All right. All right. That's, that's there we not go. a bad one. That's not a good one. I like that. All right. All right. All right. Acts 29 churches are famous for having terrible, stupid names. So uh, there's some really like open door of the call of God church. It's like we have some really bad ones. We've got to work on <laughs> well, that. Well, it has to be like a tree by a river. That's yeah, kind of what it like is. A, like Willow Brook. Willow Brook. Willow. No, but the, the Acts 29, they don't do that. They do a little more like uh, they'll use like a Latin word. And then nobody knows Latin, but they'll use like, like Imago Day church. They'll do that. Or now they're doing like uh, I know a guy. He started a church in 18 called Mystery. 
Yeah, you know what's not you know what's not going to be a mystery? Why no one's going to go to your church? No, 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 listen. I was like, I, I met him, and I'm like, he was a really cool guy. I'm like, hey man, what's up? He's like, hey, what's your name in your church? He goes, Mystery. And I was like, that's the worst name for that's a church. A name. Why would you name your church Mystery? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and D or on Facebook slash Doctrine Devotion. Mm. You can head on the website DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for our email blast, or you can hit the store, sign up for the 2018 Doctrine Devotion Conference on the Spirit and the Church. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday, blog posts on Wednesdays, video content on Fridays. Thanks, brother. Thanks, guys.